I have a bank of memories in my mind and heart, and I can tell you this morning that I prefer the good memories over the bad memories. In fact, I can tell you that I would like to have the bank of memories even more filled up with good memories today and into the future. I often think what would my teenage self or my 20-year-old self have benefited? How would that younger version of me benefited from what this older version of me now understands about life and memories? I often wish I could have told that younger version of me that good memories are far better than bad ones. And do everything you can to have the best of memories. I think what would it have been like if I would have thought more about how I walked into the house every day and greeted Lindley when I was my 20-year-old self? If only I'd have thought more often about, hey, what do you really want from this moment? What do you really want from the next words out of your mouth? What do you really want from the next actions? Well, if that's what you really want, then what should the next words out of your mouth actually be? What should your next action actually look like? And I think you resonate with that. We all want better memories. We all want the best of memories. And the more our bank of memory fills up, the more precious every good memory becomes. We want the best of memories. Joshua gathers his people at a place called Shechem in Joshua chapter 24. He gathers them at Shechem and that's a particularly important location because over four centuries before that moment, Abraham had an experience in Shechem at an oak tree. It was an experience that culminated in that moment because God had called Abraham when he lived in a foreign land in Haran. And he had called him and said, I want you to leave your home and your family and I want you to go to a land that I'm going to give you. I'm going to bless you. Those who bless you, I will bless. Those who curse you, I will curse. I'm going to make you a blessing to all the families on the face of the earth. Do you hear what God was telling Abraham? Listen, if you follow me today, I'm going to fill your life full of good memories. And Abraham made the choice. And he left home and he followed the Lord and he ended up in Shechem. And in Shechem, right by an oak tree, God spoke to Abraham and said, You see the land you're standing on and all the land around you. This is the land I'm going to give you and your descendants. And here we are over four centuries later and Joshua standing with all of Abraham's descendants on the land that God gave them. He has kept his promise. And on that day, Joshua is calling the people to make a choice. 
So let's read the story together, Joshua chapter 24. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible, and I would encourage you to read along with me in the Bible that you brought or uh, your preferred way of reading Scripture. Joshua chapter 24, we're going to start reading the first 13 verses. Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem and summoned Israel's elders, leaders, judges, and officers, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the region beyond the Euphrates, led him throughout the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I gave the hill country of Seir to Esau as a possession. Jacob and his sons, however, went down to Egypt. I sent Moses and Aaron, and I defeated Egypt by what I did within it, and afterward I brought you out. When I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you reached the Red Sea, the Egyptian pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen as far as the sea. Your fathers cried out to the Lord, so he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea over them, engulfing them. Your own eyes saw what I did to Egypt. After that, you lived in the wilderness a long time. Later, I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived beyond the Jordan. They fought against you, but I handed them over to you. You possessed their land, and I annihilated them before you. Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, set out to fight against Israel. He sent for Balaam, son of Beor, to curse you, but I would not listen to Balaam. Instead, he repeatedly blessed you, and I rescued you from him. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. Jericho's citizens, as well as the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hethites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites fought against you, but I handed them over to you. I sent hornets ahead of you, and they drove out the two Amorite kings before you. It was not by your sword or bow I gave you the land you did not labor for and cities you did not build, though you live in them. You were eating from vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. God says to his people, I brought you to this moment. I fulfilled the promises. Every bite of food you've put in your mouth, every pathway you've walked on with your feet, every breath you've inhaled that gives you life, I gave it all to you. I'm the one that has taken care of you. Memories. God had made good on every promise. And on the basis of what they saw and remembered, Joshua brings forward an exhortation of a new choice on this day at Shechem. Look what he says, starting in verse 13, 14. Therefore, fear the Lord and worship him in sincerity and truth. Get rid of the gods your fathers worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and worship the Lord. But if it doesn't please you to worship the Lord, choose for yourselves today which you will worship. The gods your fathers worship beyond the Euphrates River 
or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. As for me and my family, we will worship the Lord. The people replied, We will certainly not abandon the Lord to worship other gods, for the Lord our God brought us out, our fathers, out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery, and performed these great signs before our eyes. He also protected us all along the way when we went and among all the peoples whose lands we traveled through. The Lord drove out before us all the peoples, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will worship the Lord because He is our God. But Joshua told the people, You will not be able to worship the Lord because He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions and sins. If you abandon the Lord and worship foreign gods, He will turn against you, harm you, and completely destroy you after He has been good to you. No, the people answered Joshua. We will worship the Lord. Joshua then told the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you yourselves have chosen to worship the Lord. We are witnesses, they said. Then get rid of the foreign gods among you and turn your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. So the people said to Joshua, We will worship the Lord our God and obey Him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people at Shechem and established a statute and ordinance for them. Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. He also took a large stone and set it up there under the oak at the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, You see this stone? It will be a witness against us. For it has heard all the words the Lord said to us. And it will be a witness against you so that you will not deny your God. Then Joshua sent the people away, each to his own inheritance. There are several things that likely jumped out to you in the second part of the story. The first is probably when Joshua said, put away the idols that you have with you. It's like, wait a minute, what? They've gone all the way through the promise and they've experienced God's good faithfulness in getting the land. They're the ones that stood at the edge of the Jordan and said, we're going to follow the Lord. They walked through on dry ground and Joshua says, hey, get rid of the idols that are still hanging out in your stuff way back from as far back as Abraham's day. You need to get that stuff out that's been in your stuff from Egypt. Whatever you're hanging on to of the old way of life, you need to get rid of it right now. That just blows my mind. This whole time, walking through the wilderness, these people have had something in their stuff that's connected to the idolatry of the old life. Maybe it was just a valuable family heirloom. Maybe it was a little idol that was a precious metal. They just didn't want to get rid of the metal. But maybe they were thinking, well, someday we'll melt that down and just exchange it for something. Whatever was going on, however they got to this moment, Joshua was telling the people, today on this day, 
You need to make a choice. Will you worship the Lord? Yes, we will worship the Lord. Well, then get rid of all the stuff from idolatry that you're still carrying around and you've been carrying around for the last 20 years. Decide today if you are all in, and if you are, get rid of all the idols. Whatever baggage you still got from, la- from your, your life long ago, you need to get rid of it today, right now. We'll do it. And then what should jump out to you is when Joshua says, nah, it's not going to work out. It's like, wait a minute. They just said we'll do it, and he says we can't. What is he saying? Joshua's saying, listen, you can't say you're going to worship the Lord with everything you are. You can't just say you're going to surrender the Lord. You can't just proclaim, I'm going to incline my heart to the Lord. Yes, I'm going to fear God. Yes, I'm going to worship Him in sincerity and truth. You can't just say that and not get rid of the idols. If you, don't get, if you don't go back right now and get rid of the idols, get them out of your life, it doesn't matter what you said in this moment, if you keep idolatry in your life at any level, it's not going to work out for you. Because God does not allow His people to say they're going to worship Him in sincerity and truth and then to dabble in idolatry on the side as if it's all going to be just fine. It won't work that way. So the people say, no, really, we're, we're serious. We understand what you're saying. We really will worship the Lord. And the other thing to jump at you at that moment is, Joshua says, all right, if you're serious, we're going to put down something right now that testifies of your seriousness. We're going to create a witness. Your very words today that say you are all in, you are going to incline your heart to the Lord, and that means you're going to divide yourself from every form or drift into idolatry. If you're going to make that decision, then I'm going to write these words down. They will be before you. We're going to take this rock that just heard everything you said, we're going to put it right here at the oak tree, at the sanctuary of God in Shechem. Think of the significance of that. And this stone will be a reminder of what you said on this day. And this rock will witness against you. And the witness against you is so that you will not deny the Lord. And they established this witness was to, that was to, to secure their hearts. And to harness their memories of yesterday for a choice today to worship the Lord. Then Joshua sends them home, back to their inheritance. So they're all supposed to go home to the land their God gave them to enjoy His good faithfulness from that day forward. But their enjoyment of God's good faithfulness from that day forward was dependent upon the choice Joshua called them to make. On that day. When they went home. And tomorrow came. Joshua never intended the choice of yesterday. To suffice for the faithfulness of tomorrow. Joshua was calling the people to a way of life. 
Go home to your inheritance and don't ever forget that the only way you enjoy the good faithfulness of God's provision in the land he's put you in is by making the choice every single day to worship the Lord your God. Joshua sent them home to a way of life. This was his final appeal, his last words in hopes that it would result in repeated decisions to worship the Lord. In light of this story, consider with me what it means to be called the people of God. If you've made a decision to trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've made a decision, I want you to save me from the guilt of my sin and the wrath of God against my sin, and give me the forgiveness of sins and the gift of eternal life. I want you to purchase me with the blood of Jesus Christ, and I've decided to give you my life. And if you've made that decision, then you have been rescued out of slavery to sin and drifting into idolatry just like these people and you've been placed into the people of God so that you might experience the inheritance of Jesus Christ. The blessings and favor of God secured in the perfect life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and given on the basis Jesus Christ and his work and your trust in him. If you've made that decision, then God has placed you in his family and you get to experience the inheritance of his good faithfulness as his people. You know, every single person who is trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is going to experience the good faithfulness of God. And God has given us an opportunity to experience his good faithfulness by creating one great memory of trusting in Christ after another. He's poured out his favor to be experienced through continual trusting of Jesus Christ every single day the rest of your life. The way God designed our life in Christ is it's designed to be one of continued trust in Jesus. Daily making the decision, I will follow you. Because it's in the path of faithfulness in Christ where you experience the best of God's good faithfulness. But God's good faithfulness is for his people, whether his people are for him in any particular moment or not. And so God's good faithfulness will be experienced by the follower of Christ who drifts into idolatry as discipline. And so God will come along by his spirit and through circumstances and through his word and will discipline the child of God with his good faithfulness in a way that's not always fun experience for us. But he does that so that we will come away from the drift into loyalties to anyone or anything else that should be given to God so that we will come back to following the Lord with all of our heart. God's working in our lives every day with his good faithfulness to secure our hearts in trusting Christ, worshiping him alone, being all in. 
because God wants to stack up one good memory after another in the hearts and minds of his people. That's what he's saying to Israel. Look at what all I did for you. Keep trusting me because I'm not done doing for you yet. I want to keep giving you these good memories of blessing so the rest of the world can see who I am through you. God wants and longs for our memories of being his people to be wonderful and amazing and to be repeated again and again the rest of our lives. The question is, what good faithfulness of God do you want to experience and have as a memory in your life? What choice will you make? And that brings us to the choice of this passage. Who will you worship with sincerity and truth? Now before we get to the choice of worshiping God, I want to point out one most significant truth in this story so that no one in this room will misunderstand the significance of their choice. Your choice is very significant. But your choice is not the most significant truth in this story. Verse 12, the Lord reminds his people, it was not by your sword or your bow that this happened. There's no doubt the people had to decide to get on the battlefield. There's no doubt the people had to decide to cross the River Jordan. There's no doubt they had to make choices of trusting and worshiping and aligning their life with God. But God wanted them to make no mistake. The most significant reason they experienced the blessings they experienced is because the Lord God gave them those blessings. You know what the most significant truth about the blessings of God's good faithfulness found in Jesus Christ God alone made the provision for those good blessings through the choice of Jesus Christ to lay down his life on the cross it is not by our choice our strength our wisdom our merit it's not by anything we've done that we have the opportunity to stack up one good memory after another this is the work of God but we get to experience the significance of God's good faithfulness by way of a daily choice. Here's the choice. It's the choice. Will you worship the Lord? Will you serve Him? Will you fear Him? Will you incline your heart to Him? Will your worship of Him be in sincerity and truth? Will you make the decision that you will worship the Lord? Or are there things from your old life you still like to hang on to or is there baggage related to idolatry of any sorts in your life? Is, is there anything you're unwilling to leave behind in the pursuit of God? Is there anything in your life that you would say, no, this belongs to me and God, you can have the rest. No, here's the deal. You're either all in or you're not in. This is how God works. If you want to worship me, it requires you to surrender everything you are. Well, what happened over those years in the wilderness when they had those idols? God was telling them, get rid of it, get rid of it. And here they come to this day and Joshua says, here's my final words to you. Please get rid of whatever it is that's keeping you from following the Lord your God alone. If you're going to choose today to worship the Lord, it's a choice of total surrender. 
It doesn't work any other way. So don't mistake this choice as anything other than I am giving my life today fully and completely to the Lord. And whatever is in my life that God wants out of my life, I'm going to leave it behind. Whatever God wants to do with me moving forward in this day, whatever he is calling me to do, I'm going to follow him. I am all in. Today, I will worship God and God alone. That's the choice. You may say, I made that choice years ago. And that's when Jesus saved me. And I want to affirm that if you made that choice at some point in your past and you cried on the Lord with all that you are entrusting your life to him, that the word of God does say that if you call on the Lord, he will save you. Most assuredly, he makes you a part of his family so that you might experience his inheritance. But his inheritance is experienced through daily choices of the same sort. Will you continue to fully worship the Lord? And will you choose today? I want to tell you why today is so significant. God never intended the memories of yesterday to lead to the stagnation of today. He always intended the memories of yesterday to inspire us to pursue new memories. God wants the stories of the scriptures, which are memories of his great work, to lead to memories in our life today of having chosen to worship the Lord that flavors my life so significantly that I can't wait to make a decision to follow him tomorrow because I want more great memories in the bank of my mind and heart as the people of God. God does not want us to be a people who are satisfied with the memories of yesterday. He wants us to be a people who aspire for more. That he would pour out his favor on us again and again and again as we choose to follow him again and again and again. Your decision to follow Christ yesterday will never suffice for today's faithfulness. Today's faithfulness to the Lord requires a daily decision. I will worship the Lord. I want to be all in today. I'm going to tell you why today is so significantly important. Not only because God intends your memories of yesterday to provoke a decision, I will worship the Lord today, but God designed this life of faith so that we might not get caught in the slow drift of idolatry. You know why you need to make a fresh choice today to worship the Lord, to be all in? Because yesterday's drift into idolatry is far more significant than we ever know. Have you ever heard the term spatial disorientation? It's a term in flying. And a pilot can be affected by spatial disorientation. And it happens when the pilot is flying in low or no visibility conditions. And a pilot in low or no visibility conditions loses the sight on the horizon. And the horizon is the way the brain grabs hold of the spatial recognition. 
So when the brain has no horizon and the pilot is not familiar or able to look at the instruments, the pilot gets in a situation where they cannot feel anymore what direction they're flying. And they begin to make a left-hand turn. And they'll feel the feelings of a left-hand turn. And they'll want to make a leveling out of the plane and to level the wings. And when they level the wings in their mind, they feel a leveling off. But then it transfers into not, I haven't just leveled off, I've actually gone into a right-hand turn. And then because they feel like they're turning right, they'll want to adjust the plane back to the left. What's really happening in that moment is they've never leveled the plane off. They've continued to turn left, and instead of being able to level it off, they're turning further left to the point of becoming a spiral down in altitude to the point where they believe they're actually flying up and straight, and they're flying straight to the ground. You know, it takes about 20 seconds or so turning to the left with no visibility, no sight of the horizon, and no understanding of the instruments to begin to be disoriented. It takes a little over three minutes to get into that graveyard spiral where you believe you're flying to safety all along, plummeting to your destruction. Idolatry is a little bit like that. In the culture that we live in, there's a whole lot of cloudy, overcast days the circumstances that we often face feel a lot more like troubled weather than blue skies and I'm just here to tell you a drift away from the Lord as a follower of Christ and the challenges of the culture we live in can create this low visibility moments where we drift and we don't even realize we're drifting from loyalty to God how long does it take to drift into idolatry I don't think there's any mistaking the importance of why God says daily meditate on the word of God that's his first instructions to Joshua why would that be so important perhaps what we need to admit is that the drift into the wrong kinds of loyalties only takes about 24 hours the drift is real. The visibility is oftentimes low. And we've got to keep our eyes on the horizon. You know what the horizon is for us? It's the people of God. You're surrounded by people who love Jesus Christ, who are flying through, through, through situations weather-wise that maybe you haven't yet flown through and they can help you. You know what the instruments are? The instruments are the Word of God. God has given us his word so that we can fly into any category of weather and have our bearings on who he is. And every day we've got to make sure we're getting our eyes set on the horizon and the instruments of flying in our life conditions. Every day the drift is real. You know why else today matters? Because a choice every day to worship the Lord is a reminder that God has given us in Christ the opportunity of a perpetual restart. Do you know how amazing it is to wake up in the morning and no matter what the conditions of yesterday were, 
to know that the mercies of God are new every day and that I'm starting in a place today, no matter what tomorrow was like, I'm starting in a place today where I can say, today, Lord, I am all in. Well, you weren't yesterday. The Lord never says that. What the Lord says is, I took care of yesterday, and if you're all in today, I'm with you. You can start over today. And this is something that none of us should miss. None of us should miss out on the joy of knowing that every day is a complete restart because of the mercy of Jesus Christ and that the memories of yesterday, even in God's good, faithful discipline, are meant to repel us for the, to the best of the memories of today and tomorrow. He wants us to start over. This is a moment for a choice. Who will you choose to serve?